You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Eleven twenty-two p.m. It's nice and late, but the best way to stay up late is to celebrate a bird's win. We're always hopeful. And we talk about it every week with the late schedule that the birds have. All these primetime games. The only thing that makes it worth it is when they keep winning. Thanks for joining us this late on a Sunday night. I know everybody has to work tomorrow, but I know we're all so fired up. You can't even sleep at this point. I'm Jess Taylor. I'm here this week with John Stolness as well as Rachelle. Shane was at the game tonight, like we talked about last week. It was Shane's first Eagles game. He flew all the way in from Oklahoma. It was wow. first Eagles game. And I was like, wow, I, a Kelly Green game. Really hope they win for you. So I'm really glad that Shane got to see that game. But yeah. it was a good one. I would say... I would venture to say this was probably – now, there are still things to improve, things that went wrong, obviously things that could be better. This was probably their most complete game so far. Yeah, I think outside of the two turnovers by Jalen Hurts, the, every facet of the team played about as well as as you could expect them to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I imagine the offense, you know, they're going to get a lot of the press, especially in the fourth quarter with that with that touchdown clinching drive, sure. just a, a monster drive by Hertz and Brown and, and the rest of the offense. But um, I, I, the defense really deserves so much credit here, and and most of the credit I think because this was this was far and away the best offense in football. This is a team averaging almost 500 yards and 40 points a game, and the Eagles held them to 244 yards in this one. They only scored 10 offensive points. They, you know, they got to 17 because of a because of a ball that got tipped into the air and, and got running for a touchdown on a pick six. Like Sean Desai's defense with with some guys who you're mixing and matching and undrafted free agents and and you know rookies who haven't gotten any playing time and Kobe Dean's gotten his first game back. I mean, he's had to do so much and he's been so creative back there on the sidelines making things happen. Just it was this is a def- for me this is a defensive win more than an offensive win with the way they were able to shut down this Dolphins team that scared everybody. Yeah, 100%. It, I mean, it was, a, especially with the speed that they have on that offense and the different you know, creative things that they can do. And Shane and I have talked about this at length, especially last week after the loss to the Jets, You know, and they talked about it on the broadcast. The Dolphins are the number one team in the NFL when it comes to pre-snap motion. The Eagles mm-hmm. rank dead last in that respect. So the the Dolphins, and you saw it tonight, they're constantly moving things around, constantly doing a lot of really different creative things. And you saw here and there that, you know, the Eagles were getting burnt by some of those things because of the way that they were playing so far off the ball. But it's either, you know, I say this all the time. It's not whoever has as many, the most yards at the end of the game. It's who scores the most points. So at the end of the day, you can let them go all the way up and down the field, but you can't let them score. So they were were going to give them those kinds of things to not get get beat constantly with their speed, especially Mm -hmm. when you have, you know, the the Eagles don't have the speed on the back end of their defense to be able to match the speed on the offense of the Dolphins. And I thought Sean, Sean Desai did an absolutely phenomenal job with the matchups that he had guys injured, moving people around, obviously like you don't have your starting safety. You don't have your 
you don't have your starting slot corner. You don't have the guy you brought in to be your backup slot corner. Everybody's down on injuries. Everybody's banged up. Things are happening left and right. That he did an absolutely phenomenal job tonight. And you're right. The the offense is going to get the press, but the defense was absolutely phenomenal. Well, and, and let's not forget that even if the Eagles had all of their starters at safety and linebacker, we're not really sure if they're good. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's, it's the, <laughs> Right. It's the weakest part of, of, of their team. And they came into the season knowing that. And yes. really, there's no team in the NFL that can match speed with uh, with Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle. Those guys are a matchup nightmare for, for pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things you have to do when you're facing a team like Miami is you, you've got to get that pressure up the middle, which again, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter were doing that most of the night uh, towards the end of the game when it became obvious the Dolphins are just going to have to go into full-on passing mode. Uh, you saw Josh Sweat get active. Um, the de- the defensive line really did make a difference, and they were able to stop some of those runs. Even with with all of that motion, the ball's going into the middle of the of the line most of the time, right? I mean, they're trying to get to the outside, and, and they were able to do that a few different times. But anytime they tried to run it in the middle, there was Jordan Davis, and there was Jalen Carter to wrap guys up. And so that part of their offense was really relegated to nothing. They couldn't do anything running the football up the middle. And so with all that motion, with all that confusion, if you have a two, if you have two big boys in there who who can get stops like that, that's kind of a neutralizer, as we as we saw tonight. And you know, they got that big interception from Darius Slay late in the game that really changed everything because the, the Dolphins look like they're getting ready to at least kick a field goal and make it four points or, you know, the way they were going was it was looking like they were going to drive for a touchdown, but they got that pressure up the middle. Uh, they forced Tua to throw off his back foot. Darius Slay comes over and catches the floater and then the Eagles convert and that's the ball game. And so it was a defensive turnover, uh, the, the pressure up the middle that forced Tua into a bad throw and you know, I think this is the game that gets Sean Desai a head coaching job next year because <laughs> what what he's what he did in this game holding the, this Miami offense to ten points it was really remarkable. It was a tremendous and all of the talk coming into the game, everybody was afraid of this offense yep. for good reason. And the Eagles really, really held him down. It was tremendous. Yeah, and I mean, for a team that is you know was averaging what I believe it's you know the Eagles and the Dolphins I think were one two Dolphins Eagles in in rushing yeah. yards per game. I think it's like 180 is what they were averaging on the ground. I mm-hmm. what was what did their final number end up being tonight that the Eagles were able to, to hold them to of rushing yards? Yeah, I, I'll have to look that up. I think it was like 20 some yards or something like that. Maybe oh no, they added quite a bit towards the end of the game. So it, it was you know they were in negative territory for a, a good part of the first half. Um, and then, and then they started to pile it up a little bit there in the, in the early and late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter with some runs, they started to figure some things out, but I don't, I don't think they cleared 60, 45, a team that's averaging 180 yards on the ground held to 45 yards. That I I mean, that's just, I mean, that's, that's it right there. Yeah. That's the ball game. And, and we knew coming into the game, this was strength on strength, right? Miami's rushing offense against Philadelphia's rushing defense. This is probably the best rushing defense in the NFL. And they they did what they needed to do. Their, their trench guys were better than Miami's trench guys on, on those sides of the ball. And, and Miami was dealing with some injury issues on, on the offensive line. So that should be factored in too. Uh, but you, you play with who you bring to the field. And on this night, the Eagles guys uh, were straight up dominating the line of scrimmage. Uh, when Miami had the ball on offense, really, it was it was uh, a tremendous performance by those guys. Yeah, but that's something that we've seen pretty consistently from the defense. The defense has has mm-hmm. has held their own, and they have come prepared and played their game every week 
maybe with the exception of the game against the commanders. That was a mess. But other yeah. than that, you know, last week, something Shane and I talked about kind of at length was, you know, how did that offense go back into the locker room and look that defense in the eye and, and it, for what they put out there last week? Yeah. The defense has been yeah. doing this. The good thing that we saw finally today, and I think this is why the press is going to be this way, is because we finally saw the game that we have been looking for from the offense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this was complimentary football, right? This is what the Eagles did so well in, in 2022 in most of their games, that you would get a big stop by the defense. The offense would take over. They'd go down on a scoring drive. You know, the defense gets a another stop. A little bend, but don't break. But, you know, they they get another punt. The Eagles take advantage. I mean, you, you have... You have these two these two different things working in synergy, and in the fourth quarter, I mean, what a, what a typical Eagles closeout fourth quarter, right? I mean, you, the Eagles are up by a touchdown. The Miami Dolphins have the ball; they're 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 driving. It looks like, like I said, they're going to tie the game up in the fourth quarter, but they get the pick, and then the Eagles go on this long drive that's just eating up clock. They're they're churning out these these tush pushes, and we got to talk about the the decision by Nick Sirianni to to go for it yeah. uh, on that on that touchdown drive because that was that's a game changing decision, right? They were getting ready to punt the ball away, and it's I think it was on their own what was it twenty five or something like that, like it something was like that. deep in their own territory, and he decides he calls a timeout and sends the offense back out on the field to get a long yard, like this wasn't inches, this was a long yard. And the tush push, the brotherly shove, however people want to call it. I, I hate brotherly shove. I like tush push. That's my my own little thing. But um, what you what, why do you hate brotherly shove? It makes it so special to Philadelphia. I guess I just when I get used to something, Jess, I just I'm 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 funny like that. You know, I don't like I don't like change. Sure. I, I, I I just I just appreciate that other teams can't use brotherly shove, true. but that makes it so, so it makes it so much sweeter because everybody else wants to do this and they can't. And that's why they're mad about right. it. So yeah. now it's simply named for something for the Philadelphia Eagles, which makes it even better yeah. that other people try and fail so often. <laughs> and Jalen hurts squats 600 pounds. Yeah. So he just gets five yards every time. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I'm maybe, you know, maybe I'll change my tune on that. But I mean, that was, that's honestly, Jess, that's the play of the game. Because I wonder how many other coaches kicked that ball away in that spot. And with the a way lot. that a lot, right? I mean, it's, it's not a small percentage. It's, it's probably most, yeah. it's probably most coaches kick that ball away. And, and the Dolphins, to that point, hadn't done a lot offensively, but it seemed like they were starting to kind of get their act together a little bit um, before the interception. Yep. And so there was a danger there. You give the team the ball back, and they they go down, and they just they they finish what they started. And Nick Sirianni yep. knows he's got this play that will get them a yard ninety nine times, literally ninety nine times out of a hundred, and it it worked. And they had to do it again, you know, or they you know one one series later, you know, they got down to another fourth and fourth and short. They probably should have gotten the first down. I think they got a bad spot on that AJ Brown yeah. catch. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was, those were huge calls and calls that 10 years ago, no coach is, is making, but Nick Sirianni pushed the right buttons, his players executed. And, and then the Eagles go on that typical long drive. They get that AJ bomb to get them close. And then, and then uh, Kenny Gainwell of all people pounds it in from, uh, from like four yards out. And, and that's, that was a ball game. It, that was, that was the play of the game. That decision was, we talk about how to head coaches win football games, decisions like that win football games. Yeah. And, and it's at that point as well that, you know, it can be a complete momentum shifter, not even just because the Dolphins are getting the 
ball at you know the the Eagles 25 and and right there to score at, you know essentially as long as they don't turn the ball over or at least getting three points out of that the opposite point of that is if the, you know they, if they don't get it that's what happens but if they do get it that is a complete gut punch mm. demoralizer yeah. to that entire dolphins team so you get one of them let alone two on the same drive there's no way that a team can try to come back from yeah. that. You have completely demoralized in the entire opposing sideline with those two plays right there, starting with the first one that was a long yard, and then the next one that was a little bit closer. You can't come back from that. You just can't. Mentally, yeah. I don't care how tough you are, you can't come <laughs> out there and execute after watching that happen twice and more yeah. times earlier in the game. Well, those were just the, the nail. The yeah, coffin. and... And, and the thing, too, is I, that had to be demoralizing because he pulls the offense off, right? And the punter comes on, and you think, as a, as a, you're the Dolphins defender, like, oh, we did it. You know? You, you probably exhale in that moment. Like, oh, okay, we're getting yeah. off the field. And then they come back on, and you know what play is coming if you're the Dolphins defense. They're, they're not sending A.J. Brown deep on that play. You know? You know it's you're getting – Yeah. So you know you're getting the brotherly shove. You know, and, and you feel like, okay, I'm going to go get some Gatorade. I'm going to be able to sit down and go look at the tablet. You know, let's kick up our heels while, while, while Tua does his thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, they get the, they get the first down. And that's just got to, that's, that's a kick in the pants. You know, that's just, that's a kick in the pants. And, and that was part of it. It's a psychological thing too. And that could have easily been why Nick Sirianni did it in the way that he did, because he's kind of an ass. <laughs> and if he played, yeah. if he was the coach of any other football team, I would hate his guts. Oh, he's a I villain. But I think a lot of people would. But here, it works. It works really well, and I love that he's ours. Because I think that probably was part of it. I pro he probably sent the punt team out there knowing he had no intention of punting that ball. That's a Zero. great That's a great point, and and that's that's certainly possible. I would not put it beyond Nick Sirianni to do that because he he's a stinker. You know, like he just, he would make me so angry if, if, if he were oh, coaching angry. against the Eagles, you know? And, and so, yeah, it's just a, it was tremendous for him to, to do that. It would not at all surprise me if he was playing mind games with the Dolphins at that point. Cause if you're a defender, you've just got to be like, oh, I thought we were off the field, you know? And, and just that would, as a yeah. fan, I know that's what my reaction would be. Yeah, no, that's totally true. And, and I think that that 100% plays further into that demoralizing mind game. Mm -hmm. You let them think that they're getting off the field. You call that timeout, send them right back out and you line up and you're just like, Oh, oh. <laughs> like it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. Well, and that, that's, genius. that's, that's the thing about this team is we didn't, we haven't seen it in some, in some different weeks, but this, this team does have a killer instinct, you know, more, more than most Eagles teams we've ever seen. And that's what we saw in the fourth quarter. We saw, uh, we saw Jalen Hurts. I know he turned the ball over a couple of times, and those are so frustrating. As the game went on in the second half, he he took control. He asserted himself. After that pick six, to go to to answer, like he did in the Super Bowl, after dropping the ball and, yep. and it got run back for a touchdown, he goes down and answers with a touchdown right after that. He did the same thing here tonight. He he throws the pick six. You gotta tuck that ball when you got the safety right in your head in your face. Bad of yeah. course, the ball falls into the hands of a Dolphins defender, and he runs it in for a touchdown. But you can't throw that ball. He fumbles earlier in the game. It's a bad play. He comes right down and has that huge answer touchdown drive where he's making plays with his legs. He's he's moving on the run. He's making things happen. I mean, that was 
it was almost as if Jalen Hurts kind of willed them in those last two drives, those last two touchdown drives, saying we're not losing this game. You want to know why this man has lost twice in his last 24, 25 regular season football games? It's it's those kinds of drives where he just kind of takes it over. Right, and that's why you pay him the money that you do and why he has a C on his jersey. That's that's why. Those are the intangibles that, that Jalen Hurts has. And I want to touch on one thing you said, and we were talking about – you know, how he kind of willed them there. And you said he made some plays with his legs. Yeah. I think there, there are a lot of, uh, I guess, conflicting points, conflicting reports, conflicting thoughts on what is going on with him on just to a certain extent. Um, the red zone back to back to back to back quarterback draws that section of the playbook needs to get tossed. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care what it is. That's gotta <laughs> go. Um, so that's one, why they keep doing that. I'll never know. He was limping around a little yeah. bit in the first half, looked like he might've tweaked something somewhere. There were conflicting reports on whether he came out with or without a brace on his leg. I think by the end, you could pretty clearly see that he did have one on underneath all of his socks and pants and hidden as much as possible. What are we thinking? Do we think that's something that's been lingering for a little bit? Because he has not done the same things that he we're used to seeing him do with his legs. Or do you think he is just trying to now, obviously there's something going on because he has the brace now, whatever. Yeah. But do you think that that's something he's been dealing with or do you think that he is just being a little bit more cognizant and there's been a focus on him being more cognizant mm -hmm. about protecting himself, not taking those big hits, not consistently lowering his shoulder into linebackers that are his size or bigger? What are, what do your, you think? There? I think it's more the latter than the former. I, I, because when he has decided to tuck the ball and run, when he has decided to be aggressive, he looks just as dynamic as he ever has now. Um, so mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think there has been some kind of knee injury that has been limiting him. I feel like he's been kind of unsure. I, I think, I think he's been unsure in the offense as a whole this year. The RPO game is just not there and it hasn't been there all year. It doesn't seem like they want it to be, a big part of, of what they do. They don't want Jalen tucking the ball and running. And that was such a huge part of what made the running backs so good last year and what made Jalen Hurts so good last year. So when Jalen Hurts is, is running the football right now, it's on a broken play or it's when a play breaks down and he's got to get out of the pocket and he finds some open space. But the designed runs are not working right now. And it could very well be that the league has caught up to the designed runs and that they've got to try some other things. I, I was seeing on online in that first series when they when they had those, you said, those back-to-back -back quarterback draws in the red zone that Jalen Hurts was fooled on that. It looked like, it looked like Miami was going to play cover zero and back everyone away from the line of scrimmage and that they had their two safety sneak up into the box just as he was about to uh, snap the ball. And that's why he decided he changed the play at the line of scrimmage to keep it and thought he could kind of weave his way into the end zone with everybody playing back. So um, I don't know how much of these play calls are necessarily on Brian Johnson inside the red zone. I know that Jalen Hurts has a lot of freedom to change calls and to, to call his own number or, or to do whatever. But I think as the game went along, he certainly was running even with the knee brace on. He still looked pretty good. But now you do wonder what's going on. Is this going to be something that limits him moving forward? Is this going to be a problem moving forward? Or is this going to be something he can play with that's minor? And obviously, we're not going to know that for at least another couple of days, I would think. Or if we know anything Yeah, at they all, might just decide he, not to tell no. us. <laughs> yeah, he could – His, I mean, his leg has to be dangling off his body for him to, to not – same with, like, Lane Johnson. Yeah. Like, there has to be, like, a limb disconnected <laughs> right. that, like – 
physically can't work for them to not be out there. Um, but since we uh, got to Brian Johnson in the red zone, I'm going to pose the question that I posed to you right before we started the show, because I would love to see some of these comments come in and I would love to actually get your answer because you wouldn't tell me. This was a question that I saw posed on Twitter. I forget who it was from. I'll have to go find it and give this person credit. But would you rather Craig Kimbrell in the ninth or in October, in October, is Craig Kimbrell in October mm -hmm. or Brian Johnson in the red zone? Uh, that's, that's an easy one. I would rather have Brian Johnson in the red zone and Craig Kimbrell in October right now. I mean, that's just, I, I, I was, you, you mentioned this before we started and, I, and it's a, these would you rather questions are always, are always interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, Craig, I if if Craig Kimbrell pitches in the ninth inning of an October baseball game at any point here, you know, moving forward, pr provided the Phillies win game six or game seven. No, no, don't. No, no more of that, please. But, nope. but I, I think, you know, Brian Johnson, I again, I, I think he's doing some good things, you know, as the offensive coordinator, especially between the 20s. I mean, he really the, the, the thing is, this offense does just seem to kind of get stuck sometimes. You know, it's it's like that you've got a bicycle uh, you know, it's a pretty nice bicycle, but the chain gets stuck every once in a while and you got to stop and you got to fix it and your hands get a little greasy. And, but you know, eventually once you get it going again, it rides really well. And that's kind of what the Eagles offense is right now with, with Brian Johnson. It feels like it just kind of, it's moving and then it just gets stuck in and, and Jalen hurts looks unsure. He doesn't know what to do. There's a feeling out process in the first half. A lot of times, I, I think what we saw in the second half was really encouraging in this game against a very, very good Miami team that was bringing pressure on Jalen Hurts throughout this game. Mm -hmm. And the way they moved the ball and converted touchdowns, a mixture of big plays, and they were good inside the red zone in the fourth quarter. You know, they were able to, to make some things happen in the red zone. The Dallas Goddard screen was a really nice play call inside the red zone. Really good play Use call. Use your best playmakers inside the red zone. Find Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, you know, use those guys and do what you did. That was a really nice play. Yeah, I agree. I also, and and I think you make a good point about the different things that they are doing, that they are doing good things. It's not all bad all the time, but I think, you know, for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations coming off of the year that they had last year, I think the frustration comes in where you go, okay, how, but how, how long is that going to yeah. take? Like, you're not going to be able to get to and win a Super Bowl if that is the place that we're in with the offense and with the offensive coordinator through 17 games, right? Like we're at week seven now and we're still kind of saying things like this. I think Hertz is still finding himself, mm -hmm. or I think the offense is still trying to find their identity or Brian Johnson's still trying to figure it out. Okay. Well, how many weeks do we say that before we're kind of just like, well, this is what they I'll, are. I'll say this. I think, if you look at offenses around the league right now, if you watch, you know, a lot of football on Sundays and you see how some of these other supposed good offenses are doing the, the Eagles story can be told in many other cities right now. Like the Cowboys offense is kind of up and down and all over the place. The 49ers offense has been a little bit up and down with, with Brock Purdy, you know, in, in the last game or two, um, you know, you know, they're going to play on Monday night. We'll see how they do against, against Minnesota, whether they bounce back, but you've seen some, you saw a down game from the dolphins tonight. They didn't, that offense did not look good tonight against against Philadelphia. I mean, so I think defenses are 
it sounds weird to say defenses are a little ahead of the offenses, I think, right now this this year. I mean, the Bills offense has kind of gone up and down. Justin Herbert, again, he was he looked terrible against the Chiefs today. And he's supposed to be one of the one of the top young quarterbacks in, in the AFC. So I mean, there's just I think offenses in general are a little uneven still at this stage of the NFL season. That might just be the flavor of the 2023 season. And I think the Eagles are certainly doing enough in order to in order to score enough points and i think the league is set up in such a way that i think the eagles are doing enough offensively to to be a mm-hmm. super bowl contender and and win a super bowl and it's good that there's room for improvement too vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let's see what the Twitter world yes. is saying because I would love to see what's what's going on. So we're going to bring Rachel in and she's going to let us know what who, who's getting fired. Is <laughs> someone getting fired? I saw one of course. option. Somebody asked that the midnight green jerseys get fired. Oh, that's yeah. fine. We can look yeah. at that. That's all I saw. They so, could, that's the other thing. They couldn't lose any, <laughs> on Kelly Green yeah. night. They couldn't that would be lose. So bad. They, that'd be awful. They couldn't lose. They looked that that was tremendous. No notes yeah. on the way that they played during Kelly Green night. But yeah. no, it, it totally harkens back. Like I saw, you know, you're watching Jalen Carter with the visor and the Kelly Greens. I thought oh, I was wow. watching Jerome Brown again. I mean, it was it was just it was phenomenal. It was really the beautiful. gray pants yeah. too. I'm a fan of gray and and the and and what? the midfield old school Eagles logo. That is the most beautiful thing. I mean, it's it's it gets you weepy. Yes. It mm-hmm. does. It was, and and I really appreciated that the broadcast played into it as well with the graphics and everything. I really appreciated that every everyone everyone joined. And look, Shane's here saying hey to us. Shane, I'm so glad you got to enjoy your game. I'm so glad that that was the game you got to see. It was everything you could have asked for. And you know what? There were no special teams issues, so we don't have to yell about special teams. <laughs> were there any penalties? The Eagles were not penalized in this game. They were not penalized. Somebody said that yep. earlier. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. And there were a lot, a lot on the Dolphins. Yeah. yeah it, it, that was, if you're a Dolphins fan, you want to complain about something. I, I can, I, I can come with you on that one. Like obviously the Eagles committed penalties in this game. They just didn't get called. You know, you had the Bradbury face mask um, that got on that fourth down that was play. So it was a brutal non-call. And of course it, the, the karma got the Eagles when, when it got intercepted and, and run the other way right before Tyreek Hill had a touchdown in his hands and, and, and booted it away. So it all evened out there, but uh, yeah, to not get penalized at all. I mean, great. They played a disciplined game. And that's a that's a really important thing. They they didn't do anything so egregious that the refs had to throw the flag. But 
we all know they committed penalties in this game. And certainly if it was reversed, we'd be looking at this and be like, how do we, how do we get 12 penalties or whatever it was? And the other team get none. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't, we're never on the good end of that. So yeah. I don't really know how to act at this moment. Smug. with it. Smug is how you act with it. That's how we all do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be appreciative. <laughs> Thank the Kelly green gods for that one. Because <laughs> There were there were a few like broken up passes where I like yeah. I had to stand there and like hold my yeah. breath for a second, mm-hmm. look around, like <laughs> make sure I wasn't missing anything mm-hmm. on the screen. Any yellow flag that came through out of nowhere, I couldn't believe a couple of them. But but well, I'll say too, just in, in keeping with the with the uniform and the jersey theme, the Dolphins uniforms are always lit. Like they're my they're probably my favorite uniforms in the NFL. When you bring these Kelly Greens in against these Dolphins Aqua Blue, with the it's this this may be the Super Bowl of NFL uniforms. What we saw here on on Sunday Night Football. I mean, it it is just beautiful what we saw. It was, it yeah. was, and it was so old yeah. school that like you just you just love it. All right, so the Midnight Green jerseys are getting fired. What else yes. is going on in the in the world of the Twitter? First complete game. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Um, just too strong, uh, feeling much better, especially after last week, no more turnovers. You guys touched on Jalen Hurts and his two sloppy turnovers. Um, and so you guys already talked about that just trying to see him getting back to Jalen Hurts, um, stop the turnovers, decide game ball, um, clean up turnovers, (laughs) all hell decide. There's a theme there, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Definitely. it's the biggest, it was the biggest issue, right? I mean, with no penalties, with no <laughs> real other issues, they still put up 30 points. Defense holds the offense to 10. The yeah. biggest complaint is the turnovers. If they don't turn the ball over, I mean, that's a 40 to 10 football game. Yeah. Well, it's not even 10 because, you know, they got they, their first three points was, was because of the first Hertz fumble. So you don't, yeah. yeah. Better 40 yeah. to seven. Yeah. Dolphins suck. (laughs) That's 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 what we've learned here tonight is that the Dolphins are a fraud. That that, that's absolutely what we've learned here tonight. I would like to be clear. I said that on Babes on Broad three weeks ago that I thought the Dolphins really. Yes, I don't believe it at all. I didn't buy it for a second. All right, I don't. You're better than him because I was like, oh wow, this team. Yeah, I I don't. I don't believe in Alabama quarterbacks, and I don't consider Jalen Hurts an Alabama quarterback. That's fair. Generally okay. speaking, you're in, you're going to be in the right on on that one. Any SEC quarterback, really, but yeah. Um, I don't I don't believe in Alabama quarterbacks. Look at the three in the NFL right now. <laughs> this week, look at the three this week. Nope. Well, we'll see. I mean, nope. I I think the Dolphins will bounce back. Um, I do too, but they've they've also built a way better football team yeah, they have, around they have. so far collectively. Yeah. They've got a really good defense. They've got really good weapons. When it comes down to it, I don't, I don't actually, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in the. I I tell you, one of the things the Eagles did in this game, and that was one of the things they absolutely needed to do, is they they held the ball for so much of this game that the Dolphins' offense really wasn't on the field for for all that much time. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was. I think they, I think they doubled them up, or at least came close to it. Uh, in terms of time of possession. And that's what they needed to do. The Eagles were not having a lot of success running the ball, but they they had to keep at it. You know, they had to keep doing it. And finally in the in the third and fourth quarter, late in the third, fourth quarter, their two touchdown drives. They basically just said, let's let's stop fiddling around with this. But they really did a good job keeping the ball, getting long drives, 
keeping Tua and Tyreek Hill off the field. And that's the way you beat the Dolphins because they they really have had a prolific offense so far this year. They really haven't been able to find anyone to stop them. And the only way to stop them is to frustrate them. And then part of frustrating them is keeping them off the field so that when they're on the field, they feel like they have to make a, a big play every every time. And if they don't, like if they don't convert a third and six or a third and five or whatever it is, the panic starts to build. She's like, when are we going to get the ball again? The Eagles just hold the ball for six, seven minutes every drive, even when they don't score. Yeah, it was 36 minutes and 43 seconds to 23 minutes and 17 Not seconds. Not quite double, but, you know, like it's almost like a third and two thirds, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's significantly different. I mean, if you have the ball, yeah, it's 13 more minutes, yeah. 13 and a half. That's a quarter. It's a quarter of football yeah. almost. Yeah, that's exactly true. Exactly it. Like, you're not going to win a football game that way. Mm-mm. And it was nice to see uh, rookie Nolan Smith got his first yeah. career sack. Oh, yeah. I, don't I couldn't even remember his name at one point. We were like, that's a, that's a, that's great. Yeah, we had a the, kid, the, the kid they got the, from the thing. Yeah. 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 The kid they got from the thing. <laughs> the, other, the other one from Georgia. The, the second, right. second right. lineman from Georgia. The, Georgia. Yep. Couldn't even think of it. That's how that's how out of nowhere that one was. So, so is All this right. their best win of the year, guys? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about the Rams. I it think it's definitely be. a state yeah. win. It has to be. Yeah. It was their most yeah. complete win. And I against guess. a great team. I, I know you, you're not a big fan. I think you still have your doubts about the Dolphins, but five and one coming in. They've beaten yes. some really good teams. This is op- obviously a quality win. Yes, yeah, and the fact that they were what, number one rushing, number one passing, number one scoring. It was like, yeah. like you said, John, like it was a scary team going into this game. They were scary. Yeah. And so the fact that they won, this is definitely a statement mm-hmm. win for sure. And tomorrow, everybody's going to be talking about it. No, as they tomorrow should. we're going to hear exactly what I said, that the Dolphins are frauds, <laughs> that no one actually believes in the Dolphins. They're not actually yeah. a good football team. <laughs> That's what we're going to hear. And the Eagles are still, the Eagles are still sus and we don't know what's going on. That's what we're going to hear tomorrow nationally. Oh, yeah. You know that, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what everyone's going to say. No, but it, you, you're you're right. Like I it, in the long run of the season, I didn't I don't believe that the Dolphins are going to win a Super Bowl. I just I just don't. But coming into tonight averaging almost 500 yards, like scoring the points that they're scoring, the way that they're moving the ball, the way that the defense is playing, Absolutely. was. I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a competitive matchup than it was. I'm glad that it wasn't. I didn't have to, you know, stress at my television for three <laughs> hours. I really appreciate that, given what the Phillies have been doing to me lately. So, you know, it was really good to just take the win and not be up all night because I'm angry. Yeah, it was it was definitely stressful until the sleigh pick. And then once that sleigh pick yes. happened and the Eagles got that touchdown, that's when you knew you were going to get on the, on the winning side of this. And I'll say one other thing about this, about this game for the dolphins from, from their perspective. And I don't think enough of us were, were saying this in the days leading up to the game. This is a tough spot for Miami. You, you know, it's an out of conference opponent. You're on the road playing in a hostile environment in prime time. And it's a, it was kind of a measuring stick game for Miami. I mean, I know a lot of us were down on the Eagles for the, for the way they lost to the jets and, for good reason it was a it was a brutal loss a loss that should not have happened but on the whole the eagles were still widely regarded as one of the three best teams two best teams in the nfl most nationally you know and even though we were maybe down on them a little bit still a five and one football team that went to the super bowl last year and still has all this talent that is a tough spot 
for a team like Miami to come in and get a win on the road against an out-of-conference opponent in prime time. And I don't think enough of us were taking that into account when we were thinking about this game. It's just a, it's, That's a tough game to win for, for, for a team like Miami coming in here. Yeah, there's always the re- – I mean, Philadelphia is probably the worst city in the world when it comes to the recency bias of how they make their decisions. It's like I'm, – I'm sure you guys – we talked about it on the show last week, but I'm sure you've also seen it on Twitter, John, the – the graph that's like Philadelphia has two different uh, moods and it's cocky and distraught (laughs) and that's it. There's no in between. And that's completely accurate. Like there's no, there's it's straight to doom and gloom. Like there's no optimism. Like they Mm -hmm. lose last week and it's like, well, they might not win another game ever again, as long as I live until the day I die where I, whenever that's all plausible scenarios. Super Bowl. Like it, 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 there's no, there's no in between. We are kings and queens of the recency bias in this town. Yeah, we go by the we go by the feels, you know. We go yeah, by the feels. Just vibe. We, we let our emotions control us. How can yeah. you not? But when you guys look at like the upcoming opponents on this schedule, the Dolphins was definitely one of the games that was circled. Yeah. Now we're past that. So then, what other opponents would you guys say are going to be the challenging teams, or there's going to be it's going to be hyped up more than it should be. Of course, the Chiefs, they're coming up in mid-November, but any other teams other than divisional opponents, that's always going to be a good one. So I was going to say, what, they've got the Commanders next week at one, then they play Dallas at home. Then they get the bye. Then they get the bye, then they come out of the bye and play the Chiefs? I think that's right, yeah. They're in Kansas City against the Chiefs. And then they play Monday night. Monday night and they play the Buffalo bills and then they play the Niners. So that's, that's a tough gauntlet, but again, I I, look at this Eagles team is as good or better than all than uh, than all of those teams. I mean, I I put the Eagles up against Mm -hmm. Kansas city, you know, Kansas Mm -hmm. city didn't didn't look like world beaters against the chargers this week. I mean, so if Jalen hurts can, can fix the turnover issues that have been plaguing him, I think we're seeing, I mean, I, again, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna write a book about Sean Desai at some point because I'm I'm in love with what I'm seeing from him. The upgraded defensive coordinator from Jonathan Gannon to Sean Desai can't be overstated. I mean, it's just it's massive. Yes. So I like our chances against some of these other offenses that we're gonna come up against. And the Bills are uneven. You know, the we'll, we'll yeah. you know we'll, the 49ers have <laughs> some injury issues. We'll see how that we'll see how that goes. I mean, I think the, I think the Eagles are gonna come through this stretch fine. They're gonna probably lose a game or two in there, but they're gonna probably win more than they lose and come out on the other side in a really good position. They've got a two game lead in the NFC East right now, so. It's it's good. It's all good. Yeah. I'm I'm with you there. I think the biggest it's going to be the maybe the mental hurdle of Kansas City might be the toughest component mm-hmm. of that. But if you watch any of Kansas City Chiefs football or listen to the New Heights podcast, they are having the same problems that the Eagles are. They're driving the ball, they're not scoring in the red zone, and their defense is carrying them a lot of the way until they can get some points on the board. And they're struggling with turning the ball over as well. So, I mean, it's, it's a very, it's, I, I still, I still very much believe that one of the factors that go into this is the best teams in football on paper and the ones that had the most success the previous year, you're going to get the best shot from every team that you play. So the Kansas city chiefs get their opponents best shot they have every single week. And every, you know, October, November, everyone's like, wow, should we be worried about the Chiefs? And then the Chiefs go and win a Super Bowl. So it's like, 
you know, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year. They were unstoppable on offense. They're getting every team's best shot, especially on defense. They're doing everything they can to try to contain what's going on. And on defense, like, you know, the Eagles need to step up to be able to maintain what the offense is being asked to handle here and there with some of these opposing defenses to just keep them in the game where, when they have the opportunity. They're getting every team's best shot. So we could be struggling through right now and, and in February be having a grand old time. So and if this is what you call struggling, then these other teams, right. I just feel bad for them. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad if you're like a Denver Broncos fan. They yeah. won today, though. So yeah, you, you don't want to yeah. be a Panthers fan. You don't want to be a Bears fan. I'm gonna say Panthers. Patriots. Well, Patriots got to yeah. win today, but you don't want to be a Patriots fan no, right now. No, no you don't want to be a Patriots fan right now. They're bad. They're a bad football team. A Packers fan. You don't want to be a Packers fan. They're a bad football team. Mm. Bad. Mm. Bad. What Detroit's team. lost today? They got their. That was. But that's yes. That's it was Baltimore, and that was a blowout. It's another out of conference on the road opponent. We we have seen that this year. The the 49ers did it to the Browns. It happened to the Eagles and the Jets. I mean, I know there's some people who don't like to talk about trap games or letdown games. When you are playing an out of conference opponent on the road, it is a recipe for for a loss. Like if you're if you're circling, you're looking on your calendar, you're saying well, where where are the losses coming from? You're gonna get one of those every year at least. So. I'm going to take that into consideration next year. I'm going to pay attention to that better and see what happens. And we'll figure it out. But listen, I mean, that's just it. It's what time is it now? It's, it's midnight. Sweet mama. It's 12.01. Oh, my God. I got to go to bed. Um, it's 12.01. But here's the thing. If the Eagles lose these games, I can't sleep. Like, I when the, when the Phillies lost game two to the Atlanta Braves, I woke up at 3 a.m. and was like, that really didn't just happen, did it? And it, I remembered that it did, and then I was awake. I could not go back to sleep. And that I started my day at 3 a.m. that day because I couldn't sleep over the goddamn Phillies. So I really appreciate that the Eagles didn't do that to me tonight so I can get some semblance of sleep before I have to get my child up for daycare in the morning. <laughs> yeah. They did you a service, and, and hats off. Hats off to them for that. Yeah. Thank God. But thank you, everybody else, for joining us this week. We've got so many comments coming in this this episode, which is awesome that everybody just stayed up with us to hang out and talk about another Birds win. We love it. The Eagles are – what are they now? This is week seven, six and one. <laughs> yeah, Eagles are struggling, and they're six and one. Oh, we're the worst. We really are. But, oh, yeah, don't worry, everyone. I got it. I've had I the apologize. on all day. I didn't put any, I didn't right, put any forethought into it at all. I was like, Me I got to go do the stream. I got to get upstairs. Right. <laughs> uh, I've had this on all day. Thank you. I didn't just change yeah, I gotta for do the better. stream. I've been wearing this all day long. I love it. Yeah, I one. Don't worry. Kelly Green better. was alive and well in my home. I do not we do we do not mess with I also have Kelly Green socks on too, but I'm not lifting my leg up so you, anybody can see that. We're not doing that. But thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for all of your comments and everything. We really appreciate appreciate you guys joining us this late. Go birds, go Phillies. The Phillies are going to win in six tomorrow. Can't wait to celebrate. We're going to have so much fun in the city. Don't think about the Sixers. The Flyers are doing okay. We love all these different things. But we'll be back next week. It'll be a 1 o'clock game, so it won't have to be in the middle of the night that you're here talking to us. It'll be great. Back against the Commanders. Hopefully they play a little bit better than they did last time. But make sure you're subscribed to everything with BGN. We've got lots of stuff coming out this week. For myself, John, Rachel, thank you so much again for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the phone? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. 